Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I was doing rock radio when this was a hit, I think. In those days, we said, uh, while the others are talking, we're rocking. Of course, now it's the other way around. While the others are playing Greetings, we're talking. Hello, everybody. It's the Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network on this Sunday, the 16th of July. Later on, we'll be getting at the issue of Alberta and all the money Albertans have contributed to the economy of this country. How would Canada's economy and finances look without Alberta's money? Between 2007 and 2015, Albertans contributed $221.4 billion more in revenue to federal coffers than they received in federal transfer payments and services. Ben Eisen will join us from the Fraser Institute. They did the uh, study on that. Also, in our next hour, Daniel Pipes, who's the director of the Middle East Institute, will be our guest, and uh, Mr. Pipes, who's an author, a historian, a writer, has a lot to say about the Cotter family, and he calls them uh, Canada's first family of terrorism. I've invited him to come on the show, and uh, one piece that he wrote, that Daniel Pipes wrote, was after uh, Cotter appeared on a national magazine cover, He wrote, it's a disgrace that he's on the cover of a mainstream news magazine being portrayed as a victim and in the company of two real victims, including a victim of Islamic terrorism. Cotter's transformation from a racist, sexist, Jew-hating terrorist into a celebrity and folk hero is the result of nearly 10 years of combined propaganda by leftist journalists and lawyers. With Cotter as the willing participant, they have managed to transform a pathological murderer into a victim providing al-Qaeda with a great PR victory. So you see, Daniel Pipes does not pull his punches. Interesting uh, study was done, very interesting study, done at uh, UBC, University of British Columbia, or at least it was co-authored at the University of British Columbia. And uh, the fundamentals are that if you want to help stop climate change, and there's still a lot of people who question the issue of climate change, me being one of them, um, but that doesn't stop me from looking interesting at interesting stories and studies. Seth Wines is a Ph.D. candidate at UBC, and uh, 
if you're serious about getting involved in putting an end to climate change, one thing you can do is have one less child. Seth, thank you for taking the time. Great to be on the show with you. Would you, uh, would you tell me how, how this began? What was the genesis? What was the idea behind the study? Yeah, sure. I, um, I was a high school science teacher before I went into grad school. And so I've talked with a lot of students about climate change, and a lot of teenagers are worried about the planet that they're inheriting and wanted to know, you know, what are the most important things that I can do? Um, what can I do for this problem? And so I didn't have all the answers at the time. I had um, sort of a, a list of general environmental actions to take, but I didn't know which ones were best. And it was something that I wanted to look into for myself and to give better answers. So how did you get to the point where you started to realize that one of the significant contributors to climate, uh, what do we call it? Um, The word mess isn't a good word, but the, the negative climate developments that climate change suggests is going on. What was the road sign that led you to looking at the numbers of kids that people have? Well, there was a study produced by Murtaud and Schlatz in 2009 that we looked at that quantified the carbon legacy of having an additional child. And I think for a lot of people, it just makes sense that, of course, an additional person on the planet is going to be using up more resources and uh, producing more CO2. But I think I'd like to add to that that the real issue isn't having more children. It's the society that those children are born into, the fact that we consume a lot of resources in day-to-day living and produce a lot of greenhouse gases. So one more person will necessarily do that, but we shouldn't maybe be focusing on family size so much as we should be focusing on fixing some other parts of society. So is the idea behind the one less child, is that more of a a headline grabber that people used as opposed to focusing on the issues that you feel are maybe more important than that? Yeah, I think that's a a fair summary. It's definitely controversial. Well, it gets people's people's interests up when you talk about having less children, and we're going to be speaking later in the hour with Population Matters in the UK, and they've been talking about having less children for years. Okay. Uh, in order to create a sustainable planet. But let's talk about some of the things that, uh, that concern you. Then we'll get back to the, how many children you might want to have in a, in a minute. But one of the concerns that you have is uh, Canadian high school textbooks, which are, if I understand you correctly, according to your study, somewhat behind the times. Yeah, that might be right. And I mean, some of them were written five or ten years ago. Now, by the time these results have come out, Right. And so that that might be part of it. But another is just that they focus on incremental actions. There's still this idea that um, climate change can be solved easily and solved through actions like recycling. And while recycling is a great thing to do, we've delayed action so long on carbon pollution that um, it's just not quite enough to tackle the issue at this point. That's what we hear most regularly. You know, just bring your own grocery bag to the store, and you're doing your bit. And uh, and as you say, that uh, according to your study, and and clearly that's, again, climate change is a controversial issue for 
many people. For others, it isn't. But that clearly, if you, even if whatever your stance is, grocery bags isn't going to be the answer. Yeah, and the word, the word, look at the planet. We we are making a mess of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think regardless of your feelings of climate change, some of the actions that we suggest are just good choices to make for the planet regardless. So eating a plant-based diet, a hundred times more effective than switching to that canvas bag for the grocery store. Um, and on top of that, good for your health, saves land and other resources so that we're not destroying as many species so that we have more space to make crops, to feed more people. We've got a growing population, and if we want to be able to feed it in the future, we can't all be consuming meat at the same rate that we are in Western societies, barring some real unforeseen um, progress. It'd be a lot easier to tackle that issue in addition to climate change, um, in addition to other pollutants, just by eating less meat. Less meat or no meat? Good question. Um, so we're talking to our textbooks are looking at adolescents, right? Mm-hmm. As I said, they're a group that really cares about the future and is maybe willing and able mm-hmm. to make more changes. Mm-hmm. Now, someone who's a little bit older and who's been used to the same lifestyle their whole life might not be ready for that. For them, if they're looking to make next steps, maybe going from recycling to cutting down meat to wasting less food, there's a lot of options that they can do. But if you're really wanting to contribute, then eating a plant-based diet is one of the best ways to go about it. And that's how we framed our study is what are the best things, not what are um, the easiest things. Now, you're also looking at uh, no personal cars, as I understand it. So are we talking, first of all, is that correct? And then secondly, if it is, are we talking about the internal combustion engine or electric cars or any cars? Well, again, there's a sort of a hierarchy in how far that you can go. Certainly, no cars is the best thing for the environment. Every type of vehicle is going to require parking spaces where you're going to leave them. They're going to require larger highways that take up more room. So, And they're going to, even if they're electric vehicles, they're going to make some pollution. You still have to mine the steel to get that um, large frame, right? But some cars are better than others. And if you're living in a place... Maybe you're in Toronto, for instance, and just can't get by without one, then looking at a more efficient vehicle is a great step. So stepping up to a hybrid or even an electric vehicle, that reduces a lot of emissions. All right. You're also saying take one less transatlantic flight per year. I don't know how many transatlantic flights people take on average. But what makes your study different then from the information that we've had essentially all along? or the advice we've been given for the past few years anyway? Yeah, I think a lot of the other studies that we looked at before us were focusing, framing things in a different way. They were saying, what are the easiest things for people to adopt? What are the most important household actions that people can adopt? So our study brought all of the actions together and said, these ones are the most important. We didn't leave anything out, even if it's something like family size, where... Um, It is controversial, and, you know, we had hesitation there because um, we don't want to be seen as telling 
people what to do. These are deeply personal decisions, yeah. uh, but at the same time, they're part of our results, and so we wanted to share them. And of course, the would... other part of our study was just looking at textbooks and government recommendations and saying, do they line up? Okay, let's do this, Seth. Can you, can you hold on a minute? I want to come back to you for just a couple of minutes and ask you about that formula. I read a formula that has to be put in place, uh, has to be used if, in fact, you're looking at reducing the number of children that, are, that family's going to have or cut it back by one child. It's a, it's a pretty complex formula that comes into play. But we'll talk to Seth about that, Seth Wines. And then we'll talk to you at 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. And we'll ask you whether you're prepared to consider what Mr. Wines, or Ph.D. candidate Wines, and his associate are suggesting, and that is, as you've heard, cut back or cut out food. No, not food, meat. Food would be even better. Cut out meat and go to a vegetarian diet. Don't drive a car, uh, or if you do drive a car, drive one that's really, really efficient, and take one less transatlantic flight per year. Are you ready to make these kinds of decisions? Maybe some people already have. It's the kids' uh, issue that's going to probably be most controversial. More with Seth Wines and then your calls at 800-263-2428 when we come back. Direct, hard-hitting, no-holds-barred. The Word Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com and follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. Seth Wines is with us from the University of British Columbia, and uh, he is a Ph.D. candidate at the school and a researcher on this issue of how to uh, save the planet from climate change, what we can do individually to improve the situation, and it's, it's quite fascinating. We'll take your calls at 800-263-2428, whether or not you agree with the climate change. We are making a mess of things. I was at the park with the dogs uh, the other night, and it was junk everywhere. It was junk everywhere. I know this isn't what you got at, Seth, but there were pop cans and beer cans and cigarette butts and the garbage cans that were meant for these items were like 10 feet away, and people didn't bother to use them. That's the kind of thing that drives me mad. But let me just get at this issue of uh, of having less children, then we'll take some calls. Can you take a couple of calls? Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's the um, here's the uh, the information. I'm looking at the province newspaper here. The biggest and perhaps most controversial of the study's suggestions is having fewer children. The data that backs up the assertion is wildly complicated. To figure out the footprint of having one child, the calculation looks at the emissions of that child and all their descendants will create in their lifetime if average emission rates stay at current levels. So. A mother is considered responsible for half of her child's emissions. The father takes the other half. She's also responsible for a quarter of her grandchildren's emissions, an eighth of her great-grandchildren's emissions, and so on. The total is divided by the average lifespan to get an annual emission output. So if a person lives for 80 years, the total output of their share of dependents gets divided by 80. You get a bit of a glaze over your eyes when you read that. In, In real terms, in everyday speak... Explain it to us. Well, all of 
the approaches that we looked at, we favored a life cycle assessment approach. And so what that means is if we're looking at the effect of driving a vehicle, yeah. we're not just accounting for how much fuel it burns while you're driving it. We're also accounting for um, the energy needed to mine the materials to make that car in the first place, the energy in the factory that made it. And the other thing that we do is we will account for the effect of recycling the materials at the end of the life cycle. So this is calculated into the car's life cycle. It's part of the life cycle of the vehicle. Yeah, and then okay. we divide it out by the number of kilometers and the number of years okay, of passengers in the car. Okay, and I get so it. This study is similar in that it asks not just what is the effect of having one child and what emissions will that child produce, yeah. but the next idea is, well, that child is also likely to have children. And so it tries to account for that as well. And it does it by um, sort of percent relatedness okay. through generations as they go on. All right, I understand that. Let's talk to Bill in Whitby. He has a question for Seth Wines from UBC. Bill, go ahead, please. You know, first of all, I'm over 50. Most of the people I know are over 35. Half the people I know over 35 don't even have children. I remember planning on having children, and those who do have children probably have one. So that argument is basically we'll have no children. My biggest argument is the one that's never talked about, which was talked about decades ago when the new, the new world was going to happen. Why is there never talk about, one, condensed work weeks, two, telecommuting where people can work at least part of their week at home? I go on the GO train and look at the 401, and I look at those people going, half those people could at least work two days a week at home. Or work the day of four work week, work week or a three-day work week. Why are we not considering those things? Seth, was that part of your study at all, or how does that fit into the overall? So if I understand, the idea is that we can reduce the number of work days to reduce commuting and the emissions associated with that. Am I right? I think so. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, that could be a very great idea, I think. A lot of different policies could come from a national level or an institutional level, like from workplaces, that would reduce emissions. Usually an individual doesn't have control over those things. Say, I am choosing two days to work a week, and because we're focusing on individual actions, it sort of falls outside of the scope of our paper. But um, that being said, we've, we also talk about um, in many of our interviews the things that individuals can do in the workplace. And if that's an option, if telecommuting is an option, if um, spending, you know, having a slightly larger number of hours one day so that you can take a day off mm -hmm. is a solution, then that seems very reasonable as a way to reduce emissions. Okay. Seth, uh, that's our time, but I thank you very much for joining us. It has people thinking. It has people talking. And ultimately, that's a good thing. Great. Love to be on the show. All the best. Seth Wines. From UBC, when we come back, we'll talk to uh, the, the folks at Population Matters in the UK, and then we'll take more of your calls. What they're saying in the UK is fewer children, fewer children, better lifestyle, better way of living for all the rest of us. Don't go away. <laughs> 